We all know that the Bible has so much contained within its covers, so many great things to learn from and to grow with, and beautiful and amazing stories and challenges. But what about the love stories that are in the Bible? That's an interesting topic. And so this morning we have the opportunity to talk to Cheryl Palermo, who's the author of Unusual Love Stories from the Bible. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you? Uh, Good morning, Seth, Um, and it's very nice to meet you, sir. (laughs) Well, it is a pleasure to have you here. This is a a rather interesting topic for a book. How did you come up with this? Um, Well, it came out of a need, to be honest with you. I um, have been walking with the Lord for... 39 years, and, uh, you know, I, I knew how to pray with people. I seem to know a lot of the right answers. I don't, I don't know everything. I'm not proposing that but um, or posturing that, but it was just like, am I feeling the love? I mean, God is love, and I, I just didn't feel like I was loving people with the love of the Lord. So I reached out to someone who I thought might be able to help me, and I even mentioned her in the book. And um, she says, well, let's study the word love um, in, you know, Hebrew and Aramaic and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and Greek. So that's what I did, and I realized that still wasn't enough. So then I started to study the characters, and then it led me to some of the most unsavory characters, <laughs> people who had done things um, or their relationships were such that most people would not have done all of the things that all of these people collectively have done. And uh, I think I came up with a pretty good answer. And even though I'm still seeking, because uh, you can never know enough and never experience the unfathomable love of God enough, I believe that I uh, have something that should be shared. Mm-hmm. I love so. that. I love that, Cheryl. Oh, because, you, you know, Deb. in this time of uh, holidays, there's some people mm-hmm. that watch these love stories <laughs> on a certain channel. Hallmark. And, <laughs> and it's like the right gal always gets the right guy, and it ends with this yeah. incredible love story. But God's love story is to people that are flawed and they're not deserving of his love. Exactly. That's us. You know, we're not right. deserving of his love. And it, it's just such a richer love than just a romantic kind mm-hmm. of love that we herald as being top priority so many times. So tell us more about some of the characters. I want to hear about one of the characters where that really was uh, came home to you on God's unconditional love. Okay, I just wanted to make one quick comment about Hallmark, and that is, you know, <laughs> some of the movies, of course, are better than others, but they all leave out Jesus. And uh, that that disappoint me, disappoints me yeah. because, you know, it's just like I, I want to kind of escape from the world, so to speak, after listening to the news and, and praying and doing all this stuff. It's just like, okay, sitting down, it really kind of takes me out of everything. But, boy, it, it, takes, it doesn't include God, and that's where they're missing it. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, Sidebar. Uh, <laughs> we do it all the yeah. time. But, yeah, I got you. And I agree with you so much. Well, um, so you want me to just kind of focus in, Deb, on one of the one of the characters where you're really seeing God's unconditional love in the middle of a, a mess like our lives are. Okay, um, I know exactly where to go. It's my favorite chapter, if I may. Uh, be so bold as to say, um, I have a favorite chapter. It's, I feel like it's saying I have a favorite kid, and I know you're not supposed to have a favorite <laughs> kid. But uh, uh, well, the story of the man from the madman of Gadara. Uh, I want to focus in on him. And uh, let me see here. 
having, um, let me see. I'm so sorry. I, I wrote down some notes and I don't want to leave any of them out. But um, the man, he was somebody that was so misunderstood and how he got into that situation, um, I cannot begin to tell you. And um, I'm going to find my notes in just a second. But um, he was, um, and so I, I gave him the nickname of Teddy. And um, so I'm still looking for my notes on Teddy. Um, Teddy was um, ostracized. Teddy was assumed to be very, very dangerous. And and people just did not want anything to do with him. They just assumed that he was the worst thing ever and kept trying to uh, keep him chained in the mm-hmm. tombs. And um, it was just like, you know, he was filled with so many demons. Um, I illustrated a book that, that it was a minimum of 2,000 demons. I mean, wow. that, that's like wow. so unimaginable. So um, how he got that way, I don't even try to speculate, except that I go into different aspects of how um, people can open the door to the enemy mm-hmm. and how, um, you know, darkness can evade a person's very soul. And, and I allude a little bit to some of my volunteer experiences in mental health institutions and, and some of the things, ungodly things that I saw. And you know, there must be uh, demons present. I mean, you know, for somebody to get into that situation. But Teddy had a desire, a desire to live. And he wanted more than anything to um, meet that or have that experience where he would um, come into the very presence of something or someone that could deliver. He didn't know. He, he didn't have the knowledge or the training. But um, lo and behold, there, there, was, there was a rescuer by the name of Jesus who, you know, the stories, and it takes a couple of chapters to get into how he was crossing the Knesset um, in a storm to reach Teddy. And again, that's my made-up name for him because he was like a big teddy bear and, and, and he was making horrible sounds and crying and cutting himself and just trying to escape his situation, yeah. um, knowing that there was no hope, nobody was there to rescue him, except all of a sudden Jesus comes up and as, as Teddy is worshiping, he jumps down on his knees and or falls down on his knees and Jesus says, you know, as, as he's casting out the demons, um, you know, he, he asks um, a question that is not seen in other deliverances, and um, he wants to know the name of this demon who calls himself um, Legion. So it's just like, okay, a legion can be anywhere from one to 6,000 people, depending on where you go to get a definition, and, I, and no matter where I went, I could not get a specific number, but I knew it was undialing, and it wasn't until 2,000 pigs that were now... Um, possessed with the demons that Jesus cast out of Teddy, um, ran over the edge of, of or off the cliff, that's where um, we see there, there was at least that many of them. So uh, Teddy now begs Jesus to let him go with him, because now he's a normal man, he's, he's, he's getting redressed and everything, and um, Jesus denied him. Here, you know, Jesus wants everybody to come to know and love him, and, and he wanted that for Teddy as well, but um, he had a bigger and better plan. And I point out that um, 
you know, Jesus was looking to send Teddy into the area that was going to be the most challenging um, because people were aware of Teddy, even though they may not have seen him, as opposed to going into back into Israel, back um, across the eight miles or so that, you know, they had to row to get there despite the storms and everything else, um, because he not being a Jew would not be accepted at all, not the fact that he had once been a demoniac. So that's what Teddy did, and then you see in the Bible how um, the capitalist was, uh, you know, the people just emptied the capitalist to go to wherever Jesus was so that they, too, could hear his message and be healed. So I, I think that is one of the greatest miracles that um, I've um, uncovered in the Bible. Yeah, just a, an amazing example of, of what God—and that's just a little bit of what mm-hmm. God went through here on Earth and, and what we— uh, why we owe so much thanks to to God for for all that He has done. It's just an amazing story. I know that in in your life, uh, your your uh, story of coming to know Jesus was uh, pretty profound, wasn't it? Well, um, I, I've heard more dramatic testimonies, to be honest with you. But yeah, I, I um, and and I had heard um, and read about Jesus. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I mean, mom was Roman Catholic, dad was Protestant, but uh, and she was a devout Roman Catholic, but I believe that you can be Roman Catholic and not be saved. So, um, but you can also be saved, and I, and I believe with all my heart that both of them got to that point before they passed. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a dichotomy um, of sorts, and uh, it was more about contradicting one another, and it, it, I just wasn't really learning anything. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to take comparative religions when I got to college, and I end up being more confused, Seth, than ever. I, I end up agnostic. It's just like, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. going to deny there is a God, but... Um, uh, I, I just don't know for sure. Yeah. And so that's when uh, I just went about my life. And then one day, I don't even think I mentioned this, I'm, I'm alone in my—it was one, a night, and I was in my dining room. I had my own condo, and um, I just started praying. I was miserable. I mean, I, I um, had was on, well on my way to having a master's degree. By the world's um, opinion, I was a success for my age. And um, so— it was just like I was so miserable, and 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 I, I just wanted more. And all of a sudden, the name Jesus just rang right across my forehead. I mean, I, I can't, I didn't hear that out loud, but I just pictured the letters J E S U S, and I and I knew then that Jesus was the answer. Even though I'd, I walked up to my TV when Billy Graham was on and prayed the prayer along with the crowd, um, this time it was just like different, but I didn't know what to do about it, so I, I just went about my day the next day, and all of a sudden, um, this guy comes out of nowhere. He's the laborer I refer to, and um, you know, he started talking to me about Jesus. So I thought, wow, that's a coincidence. You know, back then, <laughs> I believed in coincidences. Sure. So on my way home, I prayed, I prayed um, a homemade sinner's prayer, and then a week later, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and my life has not been the same since. I only wish that I had come to the Lord in that way um, sooner. Mm, wow, that's that's exciting. And now you're sharing with other people how God loves them through looking at the characters of the Bible. And there's so many different ones in this book, ones that, you know, they have messy stories. You know, I think of Sa- Samson and Rahab and Jacob, and um, it's Christmas time. Do you, would you share, you know, just like one more story before we let you go this morning? 
Sure, I'll be happy to. I'll try not to ramble on this time. Um, well, Samson. Uh, everybody has heard of Samson, I'm sure. And but you know, you know, hear or um, think of Samson without Delilah. And as I study, and each chapter, by the way, Deb is self-contained, so that you know, after you finish one, then you go on to something completely different, except for the last two about Jesus. Um, but the overall theme, the umbrella, is how much God loves us. And so I was surprised to see that Samson only knew Delilah for like maybe 30, 31 days out of his whole life. He was almost 50 years old. And um, it was just like, wow, there was so much more. I do all this research. There's so much more to him. And he was like a boy in a man's body. Mm. True. He had a weakness for women and a propensity for anger. Even though the Bible only speaks of three situations, the first one, his very own Philistine wife, who he might not have consummated the marriage because of all the difficulty that went on there. But the story, uh, the love in the story, relates first to the love God had for his son Samson, chosen to begin the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. And second, so he, he wasn't supposed to deliver um, Israel from all the Philistines. He was just supposed to begin the deliverance, which he accomplished, and the love of his devoted parents. So Samson's short life pales in comparison to the devotion, training, and love he received all his life. His parents and his God, our God, yours and mine, never stopped believing in him. Mm. How can we uh, how can we get a hold of your book and how can we learn more uh, from you? Oh, well, thank you for asking that question, um, Seth. Well, I have a website. It's C J Palermo spelled P A L E R M O dot net. So it's C J Palermo dot net. You can go there and you can read about. I have blogs on each chapter, and you, so you can see what the book is about and how you can purchase the book. It's only nineteen ninety nine. You could also get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, but going there will will tell you what it is that um, you know what the book is all about. Awesome! Mm-hmm. Thank you very very much. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else I could um, say to you? I, you know, I want to um, thank you again. Oh, for you're welcome. Me on and your station. You're welcome. Go ahead. You're welcome, and just have a wonderful Christmas season, Cheryl. Okay, thank you so thank much, you. and I, I pray. My prayer is that everyone open up to the real reason for the season. And even though that might sound like a cliche, without Jesus, um, there's no point in Christmas. I mean, don't take the Christ out of Christmas. It's it's impossible, and it it will be your loss. So very true. So very true. Again, Cheryl, <laughs> thank you so very much. 